Hi. No, it's been awesome. It was a great service last week. I know all our great. listeners were waiting to hear back about it. Yes. And it was an awesome experience, and I'm super, super happy. That's great. It looks like a. I saw your your pictures on Facebook, uh-huh. as one does. And I have to say, you look so content and delighted when you're in church, which is something that I'm, I'm jealous of. <laughs> I am so delighted. I was thinking of that on Sunday. Um, I don't know why it hit me, but I was sitting there in the front row, you know, in a in a robe and stuff, and I'm like, this is my favorite place to be in wow. the world. <laughs> wow. And I, and I know that I'm an anomaly. <laughs> <laughs> and that but it's i'm glad i'm really glad i found my niche because yeah. you sometimes don't in life right i mean I, may, I might be overreacting but the last three things that i saw the last three new things i saw all barged their way into my top 10 awesome so you saw the lighthouse i did is, is it Lighthouse or The Lighthouse? It is The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Okay. And it is Joker, although everyone insists on right. calling it The Joker. The Joker. It's right. also over. That's probably so. why I'm confused. It is not over. It no. is almost at one billion worldwide. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's it's a force to be reckoned with. People are all going to see Joker, but we don't have to talk about it. So you no. saw The Lighthouse and you saw JoJo, as did I. Yes. And what's the third thing you saw? Uh, it was just Parasite the week before that. So oh, the last it. three theatrical experiences I had were those three. So I'm spoiled now. This year has had had some gems, right? But it's been a lot of uh, complaints about half-baked scripts and disappointing things that looked like they were going to be good. And uh, I feel like they've been you know, hoarding these these goodies. And now we're finally getting access to them. Yeah, it's totally turned around. I feel actually that this is one of the strongest movie years in quite a while. Yeah. I'm going to have to have a big honorable mention. You know, we'll do a top 10 episode sometime. I guess we should wait at least till December. But uh, I have to, you know, cram a bunch of participation trophies in there because it's just a lot of stuff that I dug. Yeah, like last year, Green Book and Roma... And Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. Mm. You know, none of these were my favorite movies. I had a hard time finding a favorite. But this year, I think that there will be a couple that I'll have to decide yeah. between. Yes. I, my my uh, reservations, my AMC Stubbs reservations this week are very workmanlike. I'm seeing Terminator Dark Fate, maybe third okay. time I've said that, uh, and uh, Motherless Brooklyn. Because I was both considering are just, it. Yeah, both of them are. I, I I'm not excited about either one, but I feel like there's some discussions that I want to be conversant in. But I really am tempted to just duplicate last week and see Lighthouse and JoJo again. I just wanted it was it was such a delight to watch both of those movies. Yeah, both are a lot of fun. I streamed uh, The Witch last night. Oh, and I was just too tired to do that, so I made it about yeah. two thirds of the way through. And so I should probably watch the end because according to the Wikipedia summary, quite a bit happens <laughs> yes. at the end. Right at the end. It's very <laughs> exciting. It is dry and you have to be in the mood for it and be alert and paying attention and with it or else it just is the most boring period movie of all time. Boy, we had to have the captions on and everything. Mm-hmm. We were struggling to follow the dialogue. Yeah. Same, as, same as with The Lighthouse for me. But did you feel overwhelmingly that those were your people, those... 
those Puritans. You know, I kind of did like them for that. Uh, it's a very different Christianity that I espouse than yes. they do. Um, <laughs> they they would uh, probably not care for my interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to keep an open mind to theirs, though. It's interesting to me how that movie, I mean, and, and all movies do this, but it's usually Catholicism. Horror movies that say, okay, let's pretend, let's play by the rules of this religion and let the scary things come out of the lore and the whatever, you know. But to do that with basically Calvinists is an interesting <laughs> take. Yeah, that, that is an interesting thing. Was it, do you, I mean, it's been a while, I'm sure, since you've seen it. Do you recall what the issue was that got them kicked out of their church? I kind of missed it and couldn't figure it out. And maybe it wasn't consequential. I don't know that it is within the text of the film. And I've seen interviews and read things about it. And I don't remember. I don't have access to that right away. I feel like it was something that was intentionally very like seem mundane from our perspective. Like we think you should wear the blue hats and they think you should wear the red hats. Like I think it was intentionally something absurd from by modern. But I, I do not remember what it is. I think that Eggers is kind of into that. I see that as being a common thing in both of these movies, that it really doesn't matter why you got there or how. The point is that you're just in this remote, mysterious place where there's no one, nowhere to scream and no one to help you. Right. Yeah. Because why did they need to go to that lighthouse? Were any ships right. being helped by it? Why did they need to keep it up? Couldn't it, you just let nature have at it? What is the point of this lighthouse right. and, this, and this mission? Yeah. That did not matter at all. Yeah. I feel bad that the, the lighthouse, you know, the night I saw the lighthouse, I was in touch with you and I said how much I enjoyed it and I, I it pushed all my buttons. Uh, but then I saw Jojo two nights later, and that's kind of dominated my headspace since. So I'm I'm reaching back to remember my experience with The Lighthouse. Both of those movies, I love comedy. I write comedy. I gravitate to comedy. But I don't laugh out loud in the movie theater very often. I, you know, a little smile or a, or a nod. Um, that's just kind of the, the way I get, the way I interact with movies. But I laughed out loud at both in both of those movies in different ways at just some shocking and bizarre and hilarious things. Uh, and, and in Jojo, which there were just things like just straight up comedy laughs that made me just bark with laughter in a way that I usually do not. Yeah. I think that, uh, the lighthouse made me laugh with incredulity, mm-hmm. how, how ridiculous something was or disgusting or, <laughs> you know, my own discomfort. I'm laughing. Um, Jojo, I I'm trying to think what it was, uh, but I, I got some legit laughs in that, too. Yeah. So, yeah, The Lighthouse, um, it's a psychological horror movie. And I wasn't expecting, like, jump scare horror because that wasn't really what The Witch was either. But it it has one of those trailers where you're just like, well, I don't know what any of that is. I don't know. You know, maybe that will make sense in context. And it really doesn't. The movie's almost as random as the trailer makes it seem. But, I mean... there. I did feel, though, like I tracked with it. Um, So basically, we always get into like the philosophical discussion. Uh, I do anyway. I always skip to that. Um, The Lighthouse is is Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson is training under him to be a wiki. They're stuck in this uh, lighthouse. I think it's somewhere in Connecticut. It doesn't say that in the movie, but I think that's where it's meant to be. Uh, It's 1800s, I think, thereabouts. And it's just two men. We don't know the length of time that they are trapped basically in this lighthouse 
there's kind of power struggles between them. There's abuse, but there's also camaraderie. There is, uh, they both seem to be haunted by elements of their past, things that manifest, things that are not really happening. Uh, some freaky seagulls, maybe a mermaid. Uh, and it, it just reaches a head. It reaches a climax. And um, I, I don't think I could summarize what happens. It's just kind of what it feels like and where these men wind up. Yeah, everything about it just, even when the plot didn't literally make sense to me, the movie made sense to me and I was with it. And there's something, something about it's shot in the square format of an old timey movie. It's crunchy. It's shot on 35 millimeter film. And there's something about the way Willem Dafoe talks, his kind of uh, sea captain. He's like two inches away from the Simpsons old right. sea captain. Um, and there's just something about that that just does it for me. I don't know why. I just really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's my kind of bonkers movie. And um, yeah, I, I feel that like this movie has stayed with me since I saw it. A lot of movies I forget and I kind of forget really what happened, but did I, did I even know what happened as I was watching it? Right. I We could delve into analysis. I think it's probably more interesting to me not to, just to experience this really odd journey. If I had to pick um, a spoilery, a partially spoilery analysis, I think that maybe he died when he fell, when he was mm -hmm. whitewashing the mm -hmm. lighthouse. Because I feel like the movie takes a hard turn after that into yeah. into madness. That the first part was seemed a little right. more realistic. Had he killed the gull by then? Well, we're just I guess we're throwing spoilers. No, out. no, right. he hadn't. Okay, so it seemed like most of that also feels that was, like a turning point. But that could be yeah. part of the other the, yeah, the way the whatever's going on in his dying mind or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that he's just out there on the rocks and. These are his fa final fancies. And then we catch back up with him in the final right, shot. Right, exactly. <laughs> because he's like, has like white on him in that moment. And you think it's mm. like maybe the birds have defecated, mm -hmm. but maybe it's partially the whitewash too. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this in way of comparison, and I don't know if we're ready for a segue to Jojo Rabbit, but I feel that um, the lighthouse to me is flawless in terms of being what it is unapologetically what it is and i feel like it doesn't misstep even if i don't always get what's going on it feels like it's made with confident creativity whereas i feel like jojo rabbit takes a lot of swings and most of them hit for me and i i can very uh i can pinpoint flaws in jojo rabbit and yet Jojo Rabbit made me feel so warm and fuzzy and it and it it made me feel so good that I think it's a better movie than The Lighthouse even with its flaws. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think a lot of people are going to like Jojo as mist, as mixed as the initial reception has been. I think it's an easy one to sit down and connect with and really enjoy. A lot of unexpected stuff happens. You have to be okay with uh, how anachronistic it is. All of these characters, to me, are contemporary characters who find themselves somehow stuck in this period drama. Yeah. Accents are really bad. Uh, that doesn't tend to bother me. I kind of just went with it, especially because it's got the, the form of a, of a wacky satire that, that wasn't a deal breaker. But who the actors are seems to play into their characters and 
but it's got a, a reckless fun to it, which is a strange thing considering the subject matter. But I, I, I guess for me, I was wondering, based on the trailer, how does this movie uh, garner any gravitas? It looks like a sketch. Like, it looks in the trailer like it's just like a, a Hitler skit. Um, I heard some critics who, who who loved it when it was a farce, and then in the last act, when it starts to get a little heavier, it, it lost them, and they thought that it, it, it went off the rails. I was with it. I also heard other uh, some critics calling this this year's Green Book, which I, I disagree with. It's mm-hmm, quite possible too. that I've been taken in by a feel-good awards bait movie, but I can't deny the the amazing time I had watching it and how he managed to make this material light and surprising and truly funny and then truly surprising and truly affecting. Uh, I don't know that it can be as powerful, you know, as a real World War II drama, but I think because it's from the perspective of a 10 year old boy in the Hitler youth and the way he perceives the world and the way he sees uh, his hero, Adolf Hitler, uh, it kind of that's the the kind of linchpin that makes everything work. Yeah, I agree. It It is not. I mean, there I guess there are some similarities to Green Book, but it is not this year's Green Book to me. Um, I don't like the message of the movie, but I don't really care about yeah. messages in movies. So yeah, we I talked about that. that so why don't you articulate that a little bit? It's the tired trope that, oh, if you only get to know the person you hate, then you won't hate them anymore. And I suppose that's um, true that it, when people actually take that time. But here it's because there's someone who's actually imprisoned and at the mercy of their oppressor. And that's and they have no choice but to allow that person to get to know them. They're still oppressed by this person who does ultimately help them. But right. the power always remains with the oppressor. And whether or not uh, Jojo is going to accept um, Thomas and Mackenzie is entirely up to him the entire time. There's no, she has no opportunity, no agency to free herself, um, to, to, to take a risk apart from him. She's completely trapped. And just this uh, easy way out of, oh, well, if you just get to know people and like, we can't be canceling one another and, oh, someone really hates you, you should go to dinner with them and all of this stuff, which might be helpful, but it also might cause more harm to the person who never had any power to begin with. Right. And to backfill that a little bit plot wise, uh, Jojo is a little 10 year old boy in the Hitler youth uh, who uh, discovers that his mother has been hiding a, a teenage Jewish girl in their house. Uh, Anne Frank style. And he, you know, at first is planning how he can d- report her or destroy her or outwit her. And then slowly they, they become friends and that's the, the heart of the movie. And yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it thinks that by making her feisty and kind of like dominating him in terms of being smarter than him and taunting him, that that kind of is her version of agency or whatever. I, I think for the story of this movie, I think it is delightful to spend time with the characters and I, the arc is enjoyable, but I also think that you're correct that this is not a prescription for um, for the the solution to hate and fascism. Yeah, I liked uh, Scarlett Johansson in this movie. I think she's having quite a year. What with this and Marriage Story, I think that having two uh, likely Best Picture nominees, I think she could be a double nominee. That's just an interesting thing to me when that mm-hmm. happens and what uh, role that plays and how people vote. Um, to me, she's the, well, she's not the heart of the movie, but she's a big part of the heart yeah, of the for movie. Sure. Definitely. And the whole cast is a lot of fun. 
the um, the kid whose name I don't have in front of me, but the, the main kid is just a, adorable and delightful. Uh, he's really good at playing this character and with all of his determination, but all of his kind of naivete and uh, he's great. He has a little friend, a, a uh, portly little friend with glasses who is absolutely charming and hilarious and steals every scene that he's in. And then the grownups. I mean, it's all comedy people. I mean, I guess not uh, Johansson, but um, or Rockwell, although he can do he's he's in this as a comedy character. Uh, but Stephen Merchant and um, is it Rebel Wilson? Is that who's, mm-hmm. who's in it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's a great cast and it's a it's a bold move in a way in a way i don't know in a weird way i feel like it's safe and cozy and it's also a a bold pile of risks somehow at the same time and it reads as so adept and kind of easy and i think it's deceptive because i don't think this is an easy this isn't an easy needle to thread this this type of a movie I didn't know how it could work, even though I was drawn to it from the marketing. I thought it looked good. I just didn't know how it was actually going to land, especially in a year where I feel like everything that looked exciting ended up being mediocre and disappointing. Yeah, the tone is pitch perfect. Uh, it it could have really gone off the rails, and it, and it was just right. Um, we talked about how I do, I do not like Rockwell's character at all. I don't get what he's supposed to be doing there. I don't think he's funny and I think they're making him obviously gay. So I want to know why and what that means. Right. Even in the costuming, there's uh, like pink triangle imagery on the finery of he mm-hmm. and his, mm-hmm. and his partner. And he seems to be a sympathizer um, for the Jewish characters in the film and almost like a sacrifice for them in the end. Right. But right. why? Life is beautiful and, and I, style. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't think that was earned. Um, yeah. I, d- I didn't feel resonance toward that. I felt confused by it. In the opening of the movie, he's running this camp for the Hitler youth, and he's comes across as just being recklessly arrogant and macho and uh, just kind of the, the biggest joke version of a Nazi. And then you slowly through the movie, you notice that he does have affection for Jojo, and then he ends up uh, helping him a couple of times, and then the ultimate thing happens at the end. Yeah, I feel like this also isn't the first time this year that we've kind of scratched our heads about a character who is gay, but in a kind of weirdly secret way for a 2019 movie. I guess it was Richie in It Chapter 2. Yeah. Uh, right. It's like, that's cool that your character's gay, but why are you acting like it's it's only, you know, it's like, hush, hush. What are What's the... I mean, I understand in World War II why that would be hush-hush, but why is it even kind of a secret from the audience what's yeah, going especially, on? Yeah, especially when the manner of all the characters is 2019. Right. It, if he's a comedic character, all the more, if he is hiding this for some reason, that should have been... I mean, I think they did make it overt, but they didn't make why he that was his character overt. It's too random just to have him be gay for that, you know, because some people are gay, you know? Right. There there's a reason why this character is and I didn't think that the movie was very clear about that. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that it could work the idea that that is what makes him a sympathizer to uh, an oppressed minority, but at the same time of course you're going to use the privilege that you're afforded say of the closet in order um not to be targeted yourself. I just felt like that wasn't put forth. Yeah. Uh there's only one sequence well i guess we see the character again but the the steven merchant steven merchant is the head of the gestapo or of a a unit of the gestapo who comes to search the house and i thought that was a very good scene that was funny and tense at the same time he he brought a lot i thought to that moment 
just a lot going on and most of it really satisfying and fun. Good soundtrack as well. Interesting soundtrack. It did something very interesting at the opening where it played, I guess the Beatles at some point recorded a German language version of I Want to Hold Your Hand. I know. And it, 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 uh, juxtaposes that with footage from, I think it's from Triumph of the Will or something of, you know, the, the teenagers screaming for Hitler and it creates a very, uh, absurd, but it kind of sets the tone for the movie. Yeah. Third Reich superstar. Uh, so what about, what about Oscar hopes for these, uh, titles that we've been seeing? Parasite, Lighthouse, uh, Jojo, is Dolomite in that mix? Uh, that's interesting. Um, Jojo is a definite nominee. I think it could win, um, depending on what the choices are in the end and how much, uh, the Academy embraces it. I could imagine a lot of people placing it at the top of their ballot or close to the top, and that's what you need for a preferential win. Um, I think that it will get a lot of love. It could get um, something for the director, certainly the screenplay, and for a couple performances, I would guess, as well as some crafts. Um, Lighthouse, I don't know how that will land. If enough people would put that at number one to get it into Best Picture... Mm-hmm. I think that um, Pattinson and Defoe are respected, but the acting cat, the male acting categories are so packed this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the uh, I don't know about black and white cinematography. If that's something that people would be all into, yeah. director is so packed. Um, yeah, Dolomite. I would be surprised if that made it in Best Picture. I would think that that would be a more SAGS game because it's a great ensemble. Mm-hmm. I want the uh, costumes and production design perhaps in there. Yeah. Um, Parasite will be a Best Picture nominee. It'll be the Best International Film winner, probably. Um, I mean, who knows? If it would be the first time an international film has ever won Best Picture, I think people are unlikely to check it in both places. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the director of Parasite could win. Mm-hmm. Um, director and picture have been split more often in these times. A yeah. screenplay has been more related to Best Picture than Best Director has. Hmm. and um yeah best director is so packed i mean i think parasite has to be there and what uh jojo irishman what's the other one that i said that was for sure i can't marriage remember story. marriage story is a maybe but there's one other oh once oh tarantino of course of course all right yeah no right yeah whenever i go into the oscar thing i, I forget oh this is probably quentin's year i tend to have personal favorites that don't have a chance and so i just kind of root for them and then not along, but I, I would, you know, it would be very hard to deny, uh, once upon a time, uh, it's moment. And, um, but Jojo would make me happy too. Yeah. Two, um, different, very different movies at the same time. They both feel really current and, um, important this year. Yeah. I yeah. They're Parasite both colorful too. and they're both yeah. like whimsical and, and want the audience to smile and, using using dark subject matter they want to do something as like a gift to their own times yeah i mean i'll need to see irishman seems like less of my jam but i'll I'll probably end up Mm -hmm. enjoying it and um the people who are into marriage story are really into marriage story yeah so i'll I'll have to see how that both of those look for me yeah i think i'll be able to relate to that one a lot did you see anything else or stream anything this week dan I don't think that I did. I had kind of a busy week and I didn't really make it out very much. Yeah, I think that we'll, um, I'll hit a few more this week. I've got another busy weekend. It's unlikely that I have like two busy weekends like this. 
Shereen and I have a date night on Saturday. Uh, so I think I'm going to drag her to JoJo. I think she would enjoy it. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, Dan, I think that's our show. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We uh, will be back, of course. More movies. Uh, I don't know about the holds up aspect. I th- still plan on checking out older movies. In fact, I just saw that a movie I had forgotten about is being re-released by Shout. Do you remember a movie called Snow Falling on Cedars? I remember that title. With Ethan Hawke and a Japanese actress. It's basically, I think it's about the internment camps. I saw it when it came out in the 90s and I don't remember anything about it. So I might catch up with that and bring a little report on that. Right, well... Maybe we should watch that one. Yeah, I'll let you know when that's available. And yeah, all right. Thank you so much for listening. This has been our show. Uh, you can follow us both on Twitter and Letterboxd. The show is at Holds Up Pod on Twitter. And our music is by Jonah Rapino. Thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you next time. Bye, Dan. Uh, okay. Thanks, man. <laughs> Dude. It's it, uh, w- what's the word for me? What am I? From from my perspective? I, no, I don't know. In relation to me or just in general? No, just in general. I'm trying to figure out what I mean, what's the word? What's You're not the, bro. For the descri- yeah, no. You're not dude. No. Might be man. But yeah. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're not fella, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'll think about that. Right. What's the word for that? What are those things called? Gosh. Um it's like a, it's like a it's a familiar. It's a Yeah. We'll we need to, to find the term out. for that. Yeah. I fear that I might be a dude, but I don't want to face it. You are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry to tell you. All right.